Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast after the most humbling night of the Jurgen Klopp era. Our Champions League dreams are in tatters again following a devastating 5-2 defeat by Real Madrid at Anfield. A lightning fast start saw the Reds race into a 2-0 lead, raising hopes of another great European night and a measure of revenge for last year's final. But the visitors responded like European champions do, but were aided by some shambolic defending from Liverpool as the night quickly deteriorated after the break. Once again, Carlo Ancelotti has the Reds' number posted Istanbul, and few will entertain the possibility of another miracle to get back there. I'm Chris Smith, and the brave souls joining me tonight for this one are Stu Montague and TLW editor Dave Usher. Um, Dave, I haven't really felt this way in a long time. We've had some bad results this season, some gutting results throughout this era, but Liverpool have just been completely and totally humiliated at Anfield in the European Cup. Um, it's it's tough to process so soon after the game, but what's your initial reaction to that? Yeah, I'm just more shocked than anything. I don't really have any strong feelings about it. It's it's like a bit surreal the way that happened. Um, I mean, if you just said beforehand we'd lose five two, I'd be like, mm, okay, I could kind of see a way in which that happened, but not for us to go like two 0 up and be looking amazing and then just completely like capitulate i mean the only thing i, I can really take from that what, what i would how i would assess it is it's a it's a lot like what i've been saying for ages it's like that intensity we've got it in like a short burst and then it fizzles out and then we just we look shit when we can't play at that level and like the first 20 25 minutes that looked exactly like Klopp in the champions league at anfield it just looked like us and then whether it was the, the like the the first goal that they scored, whether that took the wind out of our sails, or whether we just dropped the tempo and we just couldn't sustain it, after that was it was just fucking awful, absolutely just oh, it was grim to watch. We I don't want to make excuses, but I feel like we didn't really get the rub of the green either. You know, it's like everything that could have gone against us, like deflections and not getting penalties, we could have got stuff like that. We didn't have anything go our way. But even so, I mean, fucking hell, that second half was shambolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure I'm ready to give us that much credit with in terms of the rubber, the green even. But um, <laughs> Stu, as Dave kind of intimated there, great start. Once Madrid got back to 2-2, though, in those circumstances, it felt like the belief just completely drained out of the team and, and we lost complete control and never recovered it. Yeah, it's frustrating because even in the even in the moment, even in the heat of that first half, I, I I couldn't help but feel that we needed to be making more of it because that's that's pretty much as well as we played for a long time. It genuinely was that first half an hour was excellent, really good, high pressure. I wouldn't say they were, I wouldn't say they couldn't get out, but you were, we were winning it off them in good positions. We were dangerous. We were dangerous. We were dangerous. And even in that moment, you're like the yeah have to get on top of these because they are going to have periods where they, they're going to get the ball and they're going to knock it because it's Real Madrid and the the idea that like they're going to put on a show well they're always going to do that 90 minutes of football against them they're going to have periods where you've got to chase or you've got to sit in or you know what I mean you, you, you're not going to keep them under the cosh forever and then for it just I mean the the, the second goal kills you because you just yeah. I felt for them at half time I genuinely did feel for them at half time because I don't think they deserve to go in level I felt like they were the better team in the first half even though Madrid came into it towards the end of the first half I thought they were the better team by it by a by a, a decent notch I don't think I don't think it would have been too much to say they were two goals better in that first half for me I know Madrid get in a couple of times but just on the balance of where the football match was happening and 
I don't think it's definitely one goal. They were definitely one goal better. But then the second half, the I mean, to to let... I've got no real issue with, with the... I know we'll probably go through the goals, but just the way the, way the defending of the set-piece sets the tone for the half, because I don't mind Joe Gomez trying to go and win a ball, and he doesn't get there, and he smashes into someone, and it's fair enough, it's an inch away. But this, it's so poor, it's so, it's so passive. And then, yeah, it just... It became passive for most of the half but the weirdest thing I think we've said it before with Real Madrid though you come away from these Real Madrid games and they're just they're just ruthless I don't know what I don't know what it is though you feel you always feel like how have they done that even to score Mm -hmm. five goals you're like how have they done that again like it is magic like they've got a spell over you or something everything that they touch goes in (laughs) nothing you do hurts them you know, I'm not pretending it's hard lines. I don't think it is hard lines, but I just... No, you're and right I wouldn't, though. I know what you mean. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even go along with the humiliation. I know people say that sometimes about, like, oh, you've been humiliated. I expect to chase the ball a bit against them. That's not a problem. And I also think, even in that sec, even in the dying, dying minutes of the game, you're in their half, you're in their third all the time, and you're not really hurting them. And it's just... I don't feel humiliated. I just feel... I feel like Real Madrid have just Real Madrid again. And a game that could have been four three, or could have been you know whatever. It just they took it away. They take it away from you, and then you just chasing the ball, and it looks. I don't. I don't know what it is with them. It's like, do you know what it reminded me of? And they, I don't know why it's just coming to my head now. You know, Lord of the Rings at the end, where like the orcs feel like they're on top, and then they just go, Ghost Army. <laughs> there you go. It just feels yeah. like that's Real Madrid. Real Madrid is just like, oh, I think we're winning here. Ghost Army, five two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, is there anything particular that you can kind of put it down to, Dave, from our point of view? Is it is it just the individual errors or like, is it like a loss of belief, like a lack of, or yeah. a lack of leadership, yeah. an inability to sort of um, gain some sort of semblance of control in these heated situations where it's kind of somebody to just get, you know, get the lads together and say, come on, let's just like five minutes here where we can just be solid and yeah. not do anything silly. <laughs> it just seems to be completely been lacking that. It's all of that. It's all of that. Um, mistakes cost us. And then you could see the belief just sapped away from them. I mean, we've started that game and the confidence looked high right from the start. Then we score after four minutes. So obviously we're flying. Then we get gifted another goal. Um, but you know, it, it was a gift of a goal. But we were worth a two-goal lead at that point. We were playing so yeah. well. It's like no, it, there's nothing like lucky about the scoreline. I mean, yeah, the manner of the goal was a bit fortunate. But then, I, I don't know. It just felt like as soon as they scored one, you know, like, okay, the next goal is going to be massive now, and we just fucking gift wrapped it to them. And then from that moment on. I never felt like we were going to win the game. Once it got back to two-two, I just thought, mm, no, yeah. it's it's gone. And then you give away that really proper shit goal at the start of the second half. I mean, you've just got like six statues in the box. There's only like one player in the entire penalty area who's moving. It's the, the lad who scores, and everyone else has just stood completely still. I don't know whose responsibility that was, who should attract them, whether they were just marking zones or what, I've no idea, but you just had like a load of people standing still, one lad moves, Modric puts it right on his head, and just like that, that's it, it's, you know, it's, we're, we're done. Because so you, simple for them, wasn't it? Because yeah. it was, Modric just completely telegraphed that, I like, think. Yeah. It was, ob- it was obvious that that's what they had planned all along, and 
sure enough, it was just they didn't dead even simple for block him. anyone. It wasn't like they did anything clever no. or sneaky. Mm. It was just we, none of us reacted to it. That, that everyone's just stood still, thinking somebody else is going to pick up the run or whatever. Nobody does, and it's such a shit goal to give away. And you know, you're playing against Real Madrid. It's like they're going to give you problems anyway. You can't just hand them stuff on a plate, and that, that's what we've done. I mean, the, the, sec, the first goal, you know what, first goal, you can pick holes in that and say, like, Henderson's ran, he's anticipated the pass, and he's ran away from him, and, like, it's opened up a speed. You can pick holes if you want, but that's just a fucking really Gosh, good bit yeah. of skill and a great mm-hmm. finish. Because when you look, like, Gomez is trying to block it. I think it's, go, it's it is Joe Gomez trying to block that. Um, yeah, and yeah. He's almost there, you know, it's not like he's done anything wrong there. He's bent it around him and inside, like right in the corner, like the one place he can score. So you look at that and go, world-class player doing world-class things, okay. But then the second goal was just a comedy of errors. I mean, there's like... There's, four there's, of them. There's four players really involved in that, like, you know, Fabinho and Bajetic initially. But then that's dealt with. You know, yeah, they could have done better, but... I'm kind of excusing them because the problem was then dealt with. You know, it's it's not a great ball. Gomez has tracked the run well. He's got back. Mm. But you cannot be playing that ball to Alisson when it's that tight and a player as fast as Vinicius is going to be running and closing him down. You just knock that out. Just knock it out sideways for the throw-in. Do not be taking stupid chances at that point in the game. And then, having done that, what the fuck's Allison doing? He can see that the, the direction that Vinicius has ran. So that when you look at it from behind the goal, there's like a massive gap where Allison could have just smashed it up the middle, mm-hmm. just just booted it up the pitch. And instead, he's, he's trying to be a smart ass playing a pass when there's up the player is like right in front of him blocking. It. And that's twice he's done that now this season. It's twice he's made that same mistake. And the thing is, Allison's amazing and he's had a fantastic season. I don't trust him with his feet. I just don't. I don't think he's great with his feet. I trust Allison in any other situation. I think he's the best in the world by far. When the ball's at his feet, I've always got a little bit of eh, not sure what's going to happen here. He's and, great with his feet when there's like zero pressure. Yeah, like he's he he can play a forty-yard pass as well as any keeper. Yeah, of course. Or, yeah, you know, but like, but when there's any semblance of an attacker in his presence, you don't, I don't want, want him playing football. About. Like, no. you know, passing it around. I don't want him doing that. And I know that's not necessarily his fault. It's how we're told to play. But you've still got to take your own decisions in, in certain moments. You know, if he clears that up the pitch, Klopp's not going to go, what the fuck are you doing? I want you to be passing it to Gomez. So that's still the responsibilities, ultimately. It, it's with Alisson. And it's also with Gomez, because he should never have played the pass back to him in the first place. And especially, like, in, in that situation, you know... We need to get to half time in the lead. Don't be just giving them a present like that. That that was the, the turning point in the game for me. Was was that absolutely dog shit goal that we gave away? And then you give another mm-hmm. stupid one away straight after half time. And then after that, it's like what happens after that? You know, one of the goals is a complete fluke, and then the other goal uh, mistake by Fabinho. Who I thought, other than that one mistake, I thought Fabinho was one of our better players tonight. I thought he looked yeah. a bit more like Fabinho, um, <clears throat> but. No, it's just that it's really just a sobering experience watching that. It was like, fucking hell, is this really happening? You know, but what I would say is, I said this before the game, on the last pod, I said, like, you know, whatever happens in the Real Madrid game, it shouldn't really change what, you know, the momentum that we've built from, like, the two league wins, because you're playing Real Madrid. So we're not, like, at that level at the moment, you know, so you can't be judging your progress and your, as a barometer of where you are 
by putting ourselves against Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid. Well, we like, can't beat them when we're the no, best team in the world. No, <laughs> so. we're, we're not equipped to, to, to really be. Like, I thought we'd win tonight. I'll be honest, I did think we'd win tonight, but I wasn't saying we're going through. I thought it would have been a tall order for us to go through. I could have seen us winning tonight, like you know, edging it by a goal. But then I would have fully expected us to just go away and, and then do enough and, and, and knock us out because we're just not really in that place where we can compete at the moment. So what I was saying was this game, don't be looking at that as like, oh, all up the progress we've made over the last couple of games, you know, because we have made progress and it's only tiny steps. It's not anything to be excited about. But compared to where we were after that Wolves game, the complete disarray that we were in, it has been better and it looks like we're making progress again. Don't let that tonight knock confidence and get us like back on the floor again. You know, forget it, it's gone. Just go and beat Crystal Palace. Go and get three points at Crystal Palace. And then you can dismiss this and you go, okay, we've three league wins on the bounce and you're looking at top four because we were not winning the Champions League this season anyway. You know, it's been clear for a long time. We were just, we've not got a chance in hell. And, you know, people are going to get on to me because I wanted Real Madrid and all that. But I tell you what, half the teams who are left in this competition would knock us out right now. So it's not just a case of, oh, we're out because we got Real Madrid. Half the come teams on, in the competition come on, would, would we, probably we just, like, us. We've just shipped... I know, we, but that's beside the point as well because we've just, in the immediacy, like... We've just shipped five goals at Anfield to Real Madrid, so I, know what it's, like, I think it's people would have been okay but... with us going out to, to them, but like the manner of the way that went down tonight is not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable, but you can't let it ruin your season. If I'm Klopp, I'm saying to them, okay, look, that's gone, you've just been beaten by the European champions, stupid mistakes, you know, you've paid the price and it looks bad, you've, you've conceded five goals after being 2-0 up, it, yeah, it's bad, but it's gone. Don't be like letting that ruin your season now you've got to go go. you've got to go to Crystal Palace at the weekend we win the, the two, next two league games and fourth is well and truly on but if we start going oh no look we're shit or we, the confidence is gone and all that well then we're just going to carry on as we have been like you know with stupid fucking you know away defeats like you know Brighton Brentford we could go to Palace and just get turned over if, if we're not right you know if the mentality's not right that's the thing, is like the mentality is so fragile at the moment. And we just started to piece a little bit of confidence together with a couple of wins. And then we're 2-0 up and everything looks great. And then it just all goes to shit. But you can't let that now decide the rest of the season. They've got to bounce back from it. They've got to just like say, oh, put this to bed. It's gone. You know, it was a disastrous night. But there was some good things to take from it because look how well we played for like half an hour, whatever it was. That's what we've got to build on. We've got to try to... to build on that and again it comes down to what i was saying about like we're flawed you know we've got problems in certain areas of the pitch so we've got to just score goals and it looked like maybe we were going to do that tonight the way we started um but then the attacking play just fizzled out as well i thought like you know it just the confidence just went throughout the whole team and we stopped doing the things that we were doing well in the first half and that's the the problem that we've got now is we've got to just concentrate on getting the attacking side going and compensate for all of these like deficiencies that we've got because yeah, well, Dave, it was I mean, just wide diff- open I mean if you're going to have to score six goals at home to win then that's a lot of compensating you're not going to score I'm six against Wolves when we play Wolves no I know but like Anyway, I just want to come to Stu because you've been you haven't had much of an opportunity to, to speak so far. Me and Dave have been batting back and forth. But um basing it on what 
Dave said there, do you think it's going to be possible for us to com- compartmentalise that and say it's gone now, just recover from it, go on to Palace and win at the weekend? And also, do you think that we might have been a little bit guilty of taking a little bit too much heart from the couple of wins we had against a terrible Everton team that hit the post just before we scored and a Newcastle team that outplayed us with 10 men at the weekend? No, I, I think we can go I think we can go on from it and I don't think it, I think we'll be able to compartmentalise it. I don't think that'll be an issue. Because, I mean, I wasn't, uh, Dave will tell you, I wasn't that impressed with the Newcastle game. I, I was doing my head in because I thought it was, there was a lot of sloppiness and stuff like that. Whereas, I think that's, that first half is probably the best half of football we've played this year. I can't think of a better half of football. I, I thought we were, it looked like, the, looked like the old Liverpool had come back. So I can yeah. take encouragement from that. I can take encouragement from Fabinho looked class again for me he looked back to his best tonight I thought he was excellent I thought there, was, he, there wasn't a better player on the pitch um, the midfield was decent first half Henderson Bacetic the shoots the attacking start is looking like it's coming together I thought Gakpo was decent first half as well I think his pressing was good mm-hmm. and and so you can at the end of the day that we've got the second half in us and I feel like it is a freak occurrence as well. It is a little bit like getting hit by lightning because you've been hit by Real Madrid. Like, there's, we aren't going to play another football team this year that score five goals from what was the? I think their saw somewhere their XG was under two or something. It was like, yeah. then we're not going to go up against many teams that are going to do that to you. Where and again, there's a couple of free in there. There's a deflection. There's the keeper kicking one in his own net. Which that that's all on Alison for me, Dave. That's as far as I'm concerned. You give it back to the goalkeeper; it's up to him. He can leather up the pitch if he wants. But I mean, Vinicius wasn't even pressing him. Vinicius had turned away and he was looking away, and he just kicked it right at him. It's just I, I, he's he's brilliant, and he's been brilliant all year. So he's allowed to have a couple of them in a season. But it could really do without him doing it in the Champions League at two one up, couldn't we? Mm. Um, I, I'm not. It sounds mad, but the re- I am I am encouraged by the second half, and uh, by the first half, sorry, and the second half hasn't I was really. Say, fucking hell! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds worse than mad. And, and, and the uh, and the second half doesn't discourage me that much because I feel like the second half is just that's us when we're that's how we've been for a bit. Where, as I say, I, I'd have to have a look, but I felt like we were still. We were still getting the ball in the final third a lot, and then doing stupid fucking things with it and giving it away too easy. And I just feel like it's that it's that lack of ruthlessness at both ends that's killed us again, and that's been a problem this year. So that's I mean that's not a surprise to me. If you put if you put that version of Liverpool up against Real Madrid, then they ship three goals in a half. So I don't you know it it doesn't knock me out. It doesn't make me worry for the rest of the year. Whereas the first half does give me a little bit of encouragement that I feel like we can put a couple of results together, and that if we play that against the likes of Pass Wolves, I mean we we need to show up for a ninety-minute game against United instead of playing forty-five minutes. But mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that put out by it. But then I, I like like I say with the whole five-nil thing, I'm. I'm never that bothered when people go. It's like with the Villa thing where they're like, "Oh, they've humiliated you," and it's like they've had a good day. We've had a bad day. That's fine. It depends on how you react in the next two or three games. Really, if you react properly to it, then no one's humiliated. What's humiliating is is putting crap performances together for months on end, which we've done. That's humiliating. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'm I'm probably a little bit more positive than a lot of people will be. 
listening to it. Um, but in another way, though, I'm a little bit more. Uh, again, I feel like I, I know, I feel like I'm a little bit of a of an extreme on this. But I, the, the forwards are doing. I've been doing my head in for quite a while, and I feel like we're. Probably since about 2019, I think. I just so. feel like we're honestly, we're still. <laughs> You've been banging that drum for a long time. Do you know? It's just. Do you want to see? Watch how many times Real Madrid get the ball in the final third and then just do something absolutely wank with it tonight. Almost never. Almost never. And I just feel like we do that far too often. Like, genuinely brain dead things. Nunes was doing it. Salah was doing a bit of it again tonight. And they, were, they looked brilliant in the first half credit to them but when it goes wrong we just we lose our heads a bit and we just give we're just too prone to giving the ball away Trent was at it Bacitic was at it as well in the second half yeah I think the issues with the ball make us open without the ball and then and then I feel like you're asking the defence to do a lot and then they make mistakes because you're asking them to do so much you're giving it away in such terrible positions like transition positions where we're all bombing forward and oh we've already given it away and uh, and obviously against Madrid that's a that's the worst team you can do that against because they just mm-hmm. they just killed mm. transitions I, I, I do think there's a bit of that even when we're winning and I'll be honest Dave you know I was saying that against Newcastle it was still doing my head in yeah. that we were I still felt we were a bit loose with the ball it's just like there'll be another attack in a couple of minutes so it doesn't matter if I do something daft with it now I just I just like us to be a bit like it to stick a bit more and I'd like us to not just toss about with it and do stupid things and then oh look we've got a foot race with Joe Gomez again down the other end how would you I mean you do you coach Stu like how would you address that with those players that are guilty of that sort of profligacy I think it's hard because I feel like we've that um, Klopp's always been sort of very I think he likes to play quick. He likes you to take the risk. He'd, he'd rather it goes wrong. He'd rather you try something and it goes wrong. Because I think when we're at our best as well, even it going wrong is an opportunity because then you get the counter press. Yeah. So it's the idea that oh, I've tried to put a ball in, didn't go right, right, the ball's bouncing around on the edge of the area. Are we going to be first to it? So I think he, I think he, he quite likes that idea of go quick, go quick. But... I'm not necessarily saying it's the go quick. It's it's do better when you're going quick. Like again tonight, so many three v two. And this is gonna sound mad because the defense needs to do miles better. But there's so many three v twos. There's so many four v threes where you freeze frame it and you're like, this has got to be dangerous. And it does. It's just nothing comes of it. And I just feel like if you would have given Real Madrid that many three v twos, that many four v threes, more would have come from it. And I think yeah. we ju- we just need to be a bit more. The bar needs to be a bit higher on what we accept from that. And it sounds really snide, but especially if you're getting paid £350,000 a week and you're trying mm-hmm. to tell me you're one of the world's best players, you have to show up more often. You have to show up more often. And that sounds yeah. super harsh. When when we've got like set pieces going in and no one's heading it, I, I understand the forwards can look back at the defence and go, boys, could you do a bit of the basics? Could someone step off the line and attack a football maybe rather than just standing there? I totally get that. And when the keeper's like giving it, I totally get that. But for me, that feels like the thing that when it clicks, when we were good, that was why. Because we just blow you away. You know, the game would be 2-0 and you're done. Um, we're, not, we're not doing that enough. 
Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's been a bugbear of mine for a bit. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, we did start on a, a little bit more of a going down a little bit more of a positive uh, note there, Dave. And um, yeah, you, you both made some really good points there. And I mean, I'd like to be able to talk about the start that we made and be like joyous about it, but it still goes without saying that it was a really, really good start and we're ahead after four minutes and it was it was just really good to see it. Like Gakpo does seem to be settling into that like Bobby role where he's Bobby would pick it up sort of like in the centre circle and he would run forward with it and Sadio would be going down one side and Mo would be going down the other and invariably it would go to the one and the other would cross it for the other to score and that's what like happened yeah. tonight with, with that first goal and um it does seem like with the finish from Darwin, he does seem to be like feeling a little bit more confident. And some of those finishes that we saw from him uh, at Benfica last year uh, that we haven't necessarily seen from him so far because of, a, I guess, a lack of composure in the moment um, are starting to come off now. And that is a good sign. I think as well, though, with Darwin, I mean, he scored more or less the exact same goal at Fulham. Uh, that was one where, you know, he's not really got any time to think about it. Like it's instinctive. You know, it's just a natural finish. Uh, he's been fine with that. It, a lot of it's been, you know, when he's running clean through and he's got to decide, like, where am I going to put it? And then he's blasting it at the keeper. So um, goals like that tonight, you know, I expect him to, to do stuff like that because it's instinctive. Uh, brilliant finish, really well-worked goal. And then um, I thought, like, as you say about Gakpo, I thought, like, in the first 20 minutes, he was really good, you know, strong. That one when, like... Um, Camavinga was trying to pull him back, and he just held yeah. him off. And you know, he just I wrote that down. He started to look like more comfortable now, and he knows what he's doing. And it also helps that, like, uh, when he was first in the team, Darwin was out, wasn't he? So, you know, we had like um, he was playing on the left. I mean, my, my memory's so fucking bad. We had like uh, oh, we had Ox playing on the left at, at one point. Then Gakpo comes in and he plays on the left at first. Then he moves into the middle, but like it just wasn't settled. But now we've got that three, and you can see it's starting to click a bit with them. You know, Darwin. I like Darwin on the left. I think that's it's a good option for us now. When Diaz comes back, obviously that that like muddies the water. Like you know what you do with Darwin then, but. Um, Darwin on the left, I like it because he puts a shift in, he gets back and he helps Robbo as well. I mean, that yeah. one when he got back and, and the ball went over Robbo's head and Darwin's behind mm -hmm. him and just heads it behind for a corner. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, that that's quality. You know, he, he doesn't get enough credit for that side of the game. You know, he, he works, he puts a shift in. So um, that's a positive is like having Darwin, you know, it, it playing. We just need to keep him fit. And then, you know, that front three, I think that there's, there's signs that we could have something there. You know, it's promising. It's just everything else. Just you know, with it, it's it's like Stu says. Really, it's like when, whenever we lose the ball, your instinct initially is like, uh oh, this is going to mm -hmm. be trouble. Now, some of it just comes down to the quality of the opposition. Sometimes you can get away with that. Like, you know, we played really well against Everton, but the times when we give the ball away, there was no threat. 
they offered absolutely zero threat at all. So you're looking at that thing, we've dominated it, you know, we've played really well, which we did. But also the opposition plays a part in that because if you give the ball away against Everton and they're just like shitting themselves and giving it straight back to you, it's a world of difference to you giving the ball away against Real Madrid and then like they're just breaking through you and it's like, oh, fucking hell. So, you know, it, these are problems that we've had all season is like giving the ball away cheaply and when we do, we're not equipped to deal with it. Um, it has been a bit better recently, you know, the shapes just looked a bit better whereas we were all over the place and like the Wolves game and... Um, the Brighton game, and tonight, yeah, we were all over the place at times, but it's extenuating circumstances. It's Real Madrid. It was like a bit of a, a shell shocked reaction from being two 0 mm. up, and then suddenly the game's gone away from us. And it's like, well, we need to chase it because we're getting beat. But if we chase it too much, we could get really fucking properly hammered. So mm. it, it's just a night that we. I just think we need to just forget it and move on. Easier yeah. said than done, I know, but there's no point dwelling on it. We're not going to play Real Madrid like ne- every week, are we? We have to play them once more, unfortunately. I mean, it's a shame we can't just forfeit it now and just say, yeah, yeah you know what? <laughs> We've seen enough. Good luck, lads. You just threw. Don't, don't worry about the second leg. But um, I actually don't think the second leg will be too bad because I think they've, they've, they've done enough. And I don't think they'll go out like, you know, to they'll probably rest a few players maybe or they'll just be on cruise control just to get through the game. I don't think they're going to like rub our noses in it and, and mm. like, you know, really go for it. So I'm not massively worried about the, the the second leg in terms of what they'll do to us, but, I mean, it's over. There's no no way in hell we're turning this around. Yeah, so let's not countenance mm. that. Stu, I just want to touch on something Dave said there about the shape was starting to look a, a little bit better in terms of, um, you know, what happens when we give the ball away. And I think a lot of that might have been down to Bajtich, um coming in and playing the six and doing it quite well. And then we move him into the eight. Um, and then all of a sudden we're vulnerable again. Am I like misreading that? Like, should we, he was probably our best performance performer in those games where we were really struggling and then we move him to a new position. So why couldn't we just keep him where he was doing a good job? I think that when we when we improved, I know there was a lot of talk about the, there wasn't legs in the midfield. I, I never... I never thought that was the problem. I always felt that it was too strung out. So even when it came, even when the performances improved a little bit, when we had those couple of performances where we were just trying not to get beat and we went with, was it Bacetic and Thiago and Keita, I think, played a couple of games together. So obviously I'm like, you know, I'll tend to jump to Naby's defence when he gets too much grief. But even like, it isn't isn't because you've brought different personnel in. I thought it was just because the shape was better. It was more compact. Because what was happening was a little bit too often. You saw, you know, when Henderson's going and he's doing those big presses, well, he's coming out of the shape when he's doing that and he's opening us up a little bit. So it isn't always when you're going off and being, you know, Captain Fantastic, that isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it is. It was against Everton. You know, he pressed and he put a lot of pressure on them and it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. So I felt like it was more we'd got the shape together. I, the argument is that we're actually... You're actually better against Real Madrid when the line is when the defensive line's high, because your unit's nice and tight together. And then I think in the second half, you get hurt a couple of times in behind. Your defensive line decides to drop off a bit. Your forward line stops pressing quite as hard. And then there's just gaps. There's just more gaps to play around you, and it's just it's just it's natural that that's ha- that happens. But I feel like that's probably in the second half that that's one of the one of the reasons. I um. I like Bacetich. I think he'd be good in the eight as well. There's there's bits of Thiago about him 
and I think I don't necessarily think that was the problem today. I think we just come up against a good side. I think um I'm trying to think which performance it was. I think it was the Derby. Yeah, it was it was the Everton game. I think Bacetic put in uh like a, from the eight, he put in a pressing performance that was like one of the top five, six pressing performances under Klopp in like the whole of Klopp's time. It was up I mean there's there's a couple that like I was teasing the boys saying it was nearly up at Naby Keiter in the cup semi-final levels it wasn't quite <laughs> but it's like now genuinely that is like a benchmark of of like the I think it's you know you, you win it back 12 times he pressed however many it was you know really so I think he can do the eight I think he could be and it's nice I think to have a bit of flexibility that he can do both um, mm-hmm. Like I say, I thought Fabinho played well. I thought the midfield was was decent today, really, until the until the goals start going in. And I don't think you can look at it and go, are the goals really the midfield's fault? You know, the the, the keeper one isn't, the cross isn't. I I mean, I was fuming that Fabinho or Bacetic didn't pull the midfielder down. He's gone past yeah. both of them for Bacic the um, tried to. To be fair, they just didn't yeah really for the Benzema goal. It's like someone's got to just rugby tackle him Fabinho there. Fabinho needed to take someone out, and he yeah, just, Fabinho did that thing where like you put your hands up and you start running and you pull your chest back so you don't catch him. You know, he got away with one in the first half when he possibly should have been booked and he wasn't. So he still had that up his sleeve and he should have took him out. Should've, I think I think he was trying to do the I'm not fouling him bump. Do you know what I mean? Where you put your hands up and you go, I'm not yeah. going to foul him, but I'll try and like catch him with my hip or something as he goes past. Mm. But once he's gone past Fabinho, yeah, Bacetic has got to just essentially just rugby tackle me if you've got him I, there. I would have rather he just done. Did you see that the uh, the Sunderland lad, that Luke and I and what he <laughs> when he did like the other day. When he just basically just jumped on his back and the, the lad ended up carrying him down the pitch, I would have just done that. Just, just stop him. You've just got to stop that and take the yellow card. And then Bajetic tries, but he doesn't try hard enough. You know, he he had a little tug, didn't really get enough. He should have just wiped him out. One of you has got to take them out there. Yeah. Uh, but we don't do that enough. We are we are too yeah. nice in those situations. We always have been. Milner's the only it- one who's got like that professional foul in him where he's like, no, you're not going past. Yeah, Fabinho was pretty good at it as well. Usually, as well. Mm. Sorry, Steve. I was going to say Fabinho is usually pretty good at, you know, running around and putting a couple of booking tackle, tackles in before he gets his booking, isn't he? But even on that goal as well, I mean, I don't know whether it's is it is it harsh, but the amount of verge on one v ones again, I just feel like and I know he's got a lot to do, but absolute peak verge used to just sort those situations out, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he sort of half comes over, half dangles a leg. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just when when you drop down that that one gear or that one level, it just feels like he's still not quite getting back to that absolute no, Ferrari. It, yeah. It's not it, most of the things that like that have gone wrong. It's not his fault. You wouldn't if it's any other defender. You're not really thinking anything of it and going, "That's his fault. He's to blame there." But you just you hold him to a higher standard. I said this like on the, the Newcastle one. Um, you know, he's he's raised the bar so high. That that's his bar now. So if we're judging mm. him by the standards that he's set, and he's he's not like it's not bad at all, but he's not dominant. He's not convincing. Where he's not making me feel completely comfortable now. Going, it's all right. Verge has got this. I, I just haven't got that feeling. You know. Now, hopefully, like it's not just down to him. You know, it, it's other things are, are going wrong, but you know. I just I want him to fix it, and like it doesn't look like he is. He's not capable of fixing all of the problems that we've got. 
and it's unrealistic to to suggest that he should. But you know, as I say, it's like the the reputation that he's got for himself, fully deserved based on how he's performed. Um, they're the standards we're going to hold him to, and I just don't think he's reaching those standards. That's not to say that he's he's playing badly by any means. Kara had a massive pop at him on um, CBS after the game, for, for and I was quite surprised by this. He said that I, I don't know whether Virgil said it jokingly or not, but um, he said that after the criticism that Kara had given our defence, he said that Virgil said that Kara wouldn't get an hour in he that did, back yeah, four. I've seen that, yeah. yeah. Well, Carragher said, I think I'd take his place at the moment. Mm. So it's interesting, like, you know, that's that's something that we wouldn't have seen really in the past, like... Yeah, I've seen Cara that interview having a feud with, with Verge, and I don't know if you two have seen it or not, but it wasn't, it wasn't so much that he said he wouldn't get in this team, because in a way, if he is saying that, he's kind of talking down his teammates you know so he's not gonna he's not gonna want to do that you'd always joke and you'd say no nobody's getting in ahead of Joel Matip and mm. you know Ibu's great and like Joe Gomez it was the way he said it it was petty and snide I thought because mm-hmm. he was like he was like who's he getting in in place of like Ibu no you know Joel and it was just the way it was like I, I thought it was it was pretty dismissive and I'm like mm, no nah, you're wrong you know, you can, any they, of them they, at the these, moment. These have right not, back not done back. enough. Yeah, they've not done enough for you to be saying. You know, you, you, you're diminishing like all Carragher's achievements and that. Um, and I didn't like it. I just thought, but he's really precious, Virgil. Any criticism of him, he doesn't handle it well. You know, there was there was something um, with uh, Van Basten as well, wasn't there? And and like I read the quotes from Van Basten, and I'm like, that's all what we've been saying all season. Mm. It was all completely fair. Now, whether there's a history there and he's reacted because Van Basten said something before, but like Virgil got all precious about what Van Basten had said. And I'm like, everything he said there is like completely right. You know, it, you just got to handle criticism and I don't think he handles it very well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is there anything to be said? I know this sounds a bit like Sky Sports pundit, like no nothing opinion, but for the amount of time that he's been playing for us and everything that he's experienced, can we expect a little bit more sort of of the, your old fashioned like leadership quote unquote from him? You know, like I don't think he really, he's really setting a very good example to at the moment. He's kind of just blending in and he's not really rousing anybody. And yeah, I don't know. It's I'm difficult not really sure to quantify that. Say it. I, I know what you yeah. mean. And I've had the same thoughts myself, but I, I don't know if it's fair um, it might be fair, it might not be, but I've had the same thoughts. You know, it's, it, I'm looking at it and going, "Where's the leadership here?" And obviously, that falls on, on him for the back line. Obviously, Hendo's like the captain and that, but Virgil's like the, the man who's supposed to organise everything. And I'm not really seeing a great deal of of organising going on. But you know, he's only back being back in the team like a couple of games, so it's like we've got to give him time to get his legs back under him again, I suppose. Have we though? Because he, he was only out for about a month. Sorry, yeah, but ahead. he's only played like two games since he's come back, hasn't he? And then before yeah. that, it was the World Cup. So unless like we're going back to his form in the first half of the season, which wasn't good, but are we still going to judge him on that now when that's like so long ago? So I do think we need to just see how it plays out in like the next couple of yeah. games. But I do want more from him, definitely. The problem you've got with stuff like leadership is that you, you never know what's going on on the training ground. You never know what's going on in the dressing room. So you don't, you don't know what's being said and what conversations people are having. So all you've got to go off is performance. And, you know, he's not hitting the same levels of performance. I think 
There's a, I get a little bit when when he's responding to Carragher. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how petty he's been. There is an element where he's right that Jamie Carragher was never asked to defend the way that the Liverpool defenders are asked to defend, and it would be an absolute shit show if he was asked to play the same way that that those centre backs are, are asked to play. They're asked to play one v one against. Doesn't matter how quick they are. Doesn't matter how tricky these, the, the players are. Essentially, you're on your own, so you'll have to look after that. And Carragher would be trying to run back to the edge of his own area. He just would obviously wouldn't want to play on the halfway line. It's a totally different era, totally different game. But Carragher wouldn't be suitable for you know our sort of football at the moment. So I can understand why uh, why maybe some of the current defenders get a little bit frustrated when the old when the old pros just tell them that they should be doing one thing, and it's like, well, my manager is literally telling me to do the other thing. Please, can you stop saying the same thing all the time? Well, it's the same with Trent, yeah. isn't he? And his it is It is the same with Trent, and I think as well, one thing I was going to say is the same with Verge is, when Verge was, for me, the best footballer on the planet a couple of seasons ago, and I was like, well, if you're not going to give him the Ballon d'Or now, you're just saying you're never going to give it to a centre-half again, because he was so good. Yeah. For me, he was like, if you were picking a football team, You've got first pick in the draft. You're picking Virgil van Dijk because he's so far ahead of all the other centre halves. You'd, he'd be first pick for me. Like that was two seasons ago or something. Yeah, he's not hitting those levels. But even when he did hit those levels, he looked like he was he was playing with his slippers on and a pipe, wasn't he? You know, it it was always laid back. It looked lazy. It looked calm. It looked casual. So it's hard to then go, oh, well, he's not playing well and he's being casual. I think the same is, can be ascribed to Trent. The same can be aimed at Thiago when Thiago's not playing well. These players who, who it all comes so easily and it looks casual, that's just the way they play. So it's about performance for me. And if you want to look at Verge's performance, I just think certain bits and bobs he's not sorting out. He, you know, he's he's not winning balls he should be winning and it's passing a couple of times there today just really basic passes going wrong so if you want to talk about standards and you want to try and beat Real Madrid in these big matches your big player's got to turn up and he's got to bring 8, 9, 10 out of 10 and I don't really think he did but he might have brought a 6 or a 7 today but you know if you are if you're the big man in the team then you've got you know you've got to perform regularly and I think we're not quite seeing that from some of the big hitters this year that, I mean that's isn't that the, really the reason why we're not being why we're struggling this year is a lot of the big hitters have not turned up to the level that they have done in the past Yeah, you know there's other elements like I've, I don't think the coaching including Klopp I think the coaching's been poor this year I think we've been a mess I think you know different points in the season I didn't know what a Liverpool goal looked like I didn't know what we were trying to do at times so I think even Klopp hasn't really Given nine, eight, nine out of ten this year, he'd he's be not the been. First he's to not being. Yeah, well. He would. He would. So I'm just. You know, that's what happens yeah. if if enough of you, enough of your team and your manager aren't really performing the way they should be. That's why you fall off. It's just whether they can just get a grip. There's there's green shoots. There there is green shoots. I can see even even when we're frustrated and even when we're complaining. And you do look at people. You look at Nunes, and you're telling me that Nunes isn't going to be a 25 goal a season striker at some point soon. He is. Even off the left, even off the left, he's going to... I mean, he'll probably do it this year. The What's he on well? now? 15 or something now, goals. What's 11. he on? He's on, yeah. he's on 11. No, 12. So, yeah, yeah. so 12. I mean, he might do 25 this year in a season when he's been struggling. Well, Stu, so, you're, like, you're you big know. on like all the, the XG and all of that. And yeah. I read the other day, he's like he's number one in XG. I think he's number two in XA, which is expected assists for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. And he's number one for them combined. 
Now, a big part of the problem is he's been putting chances on plate to people and they've just been yeah. missing them, looking at Moe yeah, mostly. But also, mm-hmm. chances of being, like, he's not put on a plate for him. He's, a lot of it he's yeah, done himself yeah. and he's not converted the chances as well. But in terms of, like, the whole, what he's what he's doing for, like, shots on target, chances created and all that, he's, like, he's right up there. He's, like, the best in the league in, in that category. So, with a little bit more just clinical finishing... And not just from him, but from the people who he's creating chances for, his numbers would be like unbelievable. Yeah, so the, the XA. I'm not worried about him at all. The XA value is the one that's uh, for me is the is is the best. It says the best things about him there because essentially that, that's saying I'm putting you in, and what's the probability that someone scores from there? And if it's usually you know if I put you in, it's 0.5, then. That means one in two times someone usually scores from that position. So you can you it can tell you a lot about the quality of of the passing you're doing. The XG eh, maybe not so much because sometimes if you're the sort of person who's just taking loads of shots on, well then you you are bumping your XG up because you're taking you're taking shots. You might mm-hmm. be taking them from bad areas. I mean, obviously the worst scenario you take a shot from the lower the lower the XG is, but. Um, yeah, I think he'll he'll take off. I think he'll take off. But if it will need, it's the decision making for me. It's the decision making needs to improve, and that's what make that'll that's what send him like stratospheric. It's one done slightly better decisions in the final third, and yeah, you know, put, putting people in when he should, shooting when he should from the right places. But I've got no. There are green shoots. Uh, he's encouraging, as you say. I think Gakpo was encouraging in the first half today. I, you, he, last couple of games, I can see what he is now, and it's definitely a, it's definitely the nine. He's not going to play off the left, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, I can see how it. You can start to see how it works. So even though we're frustrated, I think we can look at that. You look at the young lad in midfield. There are a few things where you're like, okay, if we get a little bit of momentum now towards the end of the season, let's see if we can try and get in these Champions League places, and let's see if we can. We can kick on good summer, and then see if we can kick on and uh, and have a good go again next year. I think I just need to jump in here for a second because I can just imagine after what we, that lengthy discussion we just had about Virgil, I can imagine everyone listening to it going, "What the fuck? Why are you you don't about Virgil? You've got to talk about <laughs> yeah. Joe Gomez." Right. Uh, I was just going to say that. I don't really want to talk about Joe Gomez. No. I've said plenty about Joe Gomez, and I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I'm just gonna seed the floor here to you two because I'm not saying anything else about Joe Gomez but I do think it needs addressing he's not terrible tonight I think he's he's getting a lot of shit that he doesn't that he doesn't necessarily deserve he's not great but he's not I don't think he's terrible tonight I think the deflections are lucky I'm not that bothered about the foul I, I just think he's getting he's copping quite a lot of flack really for a, a quite mediocre performance but that was it I've said plenty too um, and I don't know. I'm just not that keen on him playing for us next season. To be honest, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not where Paul's at. Where he's like 25 years old and he's he's still a young lad who's had a lot of injuries and at times he's shown he's can be a, a really good defender. I think we, if if he's fourth choice, then no, I'm I'm not even sure. I want. I think we should just cut ties. Really, like I think that's a lost cause at this point. I'm not really sure that he's going to ever be what we want him to be at the point on the pod the other day um about like verge at that age as well well at that age we signed virgil van dyke for like a world record fee for a defender because he was like on his way to becoming the best in the world i I think we'd probably get about like 12 or 13 million if we sold joe gomez now like (laughs) 
based on the evidence of what we've seen this season. And and it doesn't help his it doesn't help him that like most of the bad stuff he does ends up going in the back of the net. Like I think he is quite unlucky in that point. But it's also kind of like three of the goals tonight that he's directly involved in or like not not exactly doing the best job he possibly can <laughs> as a centre half in order to stop those things from happening. I you know that the second goal tonight I think he's he can just come across and wipe that out rather than letting it run across his body and then knocking it back to Allison. Like you can just eradicate that situation. The foul wasn't ne- it wasn't necessary to to dive in at that point. And I think I think it was the fifth as well where I think like Verge is kind Verge whoever's attacking for them Verge kind of has it covered and then he comes across and leaves Ben Benzema completely unmarked and then Benzema just knocks it in the corner from there. Um, and obviously there's the one that's the deflection as well where you can argue that he turns his back on it. So, like, I'm not really... He played them on side for that one as well. I think the deflection okay. is really unlucky, but I think he was the one who played them on side. Even the fact that he turned his back on it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, it's just, he's, he's kind of just stood on the penalty spot do and does a little crouch and half yeah. turns his back on it. And it's like, nothing you do at the moment is convincing me in any way, shape or form. And I think I'd just rather move on from him. If we can get somebody else to be, like... the I mean, I think maybe we need two new centre-halves, but if we can get somebody else to back up Virgil and Canate, then um, I'd be more than willing to, to to let him go and play his trade somewhere else. Get that Vardiol. He's a big red, mm. wants to come here. See if we can get him. Right. I'm okay with Gomez being fourth choice, I think. I think I, I, love, uh, I love Joel Matip, but I feel like age-wise he's probably going to be the the next one to leave and to be replaced, I would have thought. But I'm not I'm not as harsh on Gomez as other people. I think he has got a rick in him when he's not when he's not at the top of his game he has got a rick in him and I think that is a problem. But then you're not gonna get a fourth choice centre half who hasn't really I think as 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 levels go, I think you're probably not going to find many fourth choice centre halves that are as good as Joe Gomez. So and he's English, so he's, there's your English quota as well. I think I, I think it can be English one of those things where. Sorry. Nat Phillips is English too. <laughs> Come on now, let's behave ourselves. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, I think it's harsh. I think even like you even get to the point there where, obviously, like Allison's our boy. We love him. He's amazing. It's his fault for the goal. Like I'm a centre half. I've come across. I've passed you the ball. After that, honestly, it's not my fault. Like either kick it up, kick it to the moon, or pass it to someone. Do whatever you want. But we can't be blaming centre half for passing it back to the goalkeeper. Seventy-five percent, Allison. But it's not. It's a hundred percent, Allison. He stood, settled on the ball. It's moved on. We've now got a new move, and he fucks it. I just can't see. That's in no way am I blaming my centre half for that. In no, I'd I'd blame the the set piece goal more. Even without seeing where Gomez is, I'd say you're a centre half. Go and head it. I'd blame him more for that without even knowing where he was stood than I would for the the Allison goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know, so I need to are. see that again as I say, I don't know whose fault the free kick was but everyone was just stood still and there's one player in the box moving and he scored Should we have a quick look at the weekend then? I mean like, gosh it's <laughs> but the Ancelotti man like it's it's starting to make me resent or regret like pissing him off so much 18 face. years ago <laughs> <I> <laughs> he's done nothing but make his pay ever since and his fucking eyebrow 
I'm sick of looking at him now. I'm sick of the sight of him. I wish he'd I never want to see him off. ever again. No. You I were don't. the one who wanted to see him again twice. Yeah, well, you know what? I said after the final, I want no part of him ever again. And I went back on it. And <laughs> my logic was sound at the time when I said it. But if I ever do that again, just fucking shoot me. I <laughs> yeah, want we... no part of Real Madrid ever again. Now that's it. I'm done. I don't. I don't ever. I mean, we may have to play them, but I'm never going to choose to want to play them again. That's it. I've learnt my lesson well and truly. Well, if one good thing comes out of tonight, then <laughs> let that be it. Don't fuck you've with Real your lesson in the Champions League just because you're not gonna. You're not gonna come out on the right side of it. You don't piss in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so Saturday evening, uh, quarter to eight kickoff away at Palace. Um, <sighs> what team are we picking for that, Stu? I don't know, but you've just just saying quarter to eight kickoff Under at the Palace. Oh, Palace! It'll be bouncing, won't yeah. it? Selhurst Park. And luckily, they haven't got any really quick wingers to get in behind and trouble yeah, us, so we'll be, so we'll be fine. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not like we haven't got any of those to worry about, is it? <laughs> it's not like they haven't got a selection of about five of them. Fucking oh. hell! I don't know. I don't know what to. Well, I mean, to be honest, does he? It it gives you a, a tricky selection now as a manager because how how do you build your team around the next Real Madrid game? Are you bothered about resting people for the next Madrid game? It's three you, weeks I away, mean, isn't it though? Oh, is it? I thought yeah. it was two. Is it no, three it's, weeks it's away? Three, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. I mean, if they can, if that lot could go again, I'd probably wouldn't make that many changes to be honest. I'd can rather we not just, just send like Colo Torre and Fabio Barini and like all those deadbeats <laughs> over for, to the bear of our like last time. Can we not just do that again? <laughs> oh. Jake Spoon's still playing, isn't he? Stevie <laughs> fancies it because he missed out last time. Low <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay from Tranmere. Uh, not Jay's here. He's out under 21. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, I thought he was still playing at Tranny. Yeah, now he's player coach here. Oh, yeah. I don't think we registered him in the Champions League squad, though, unfortunately. Or we did, did we not? Did. He's mistake, English too, Stu. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know, but we'll pro- I think probably pretty much the same side, isn't it? We depends who's fit for the weekend. I think Matip will play. Yeah, I think maybe we have to be a bit careful as well playing Bacetic as much as we're playing him. I think you need you can't go every single week. I think I know where this is going. No, no, go <laughs> no, no. I'm not bothered. Thiago can come in. Champion, Kate can come in. Whoever. your boy. It's it again. After I've made this point so many times, he's not my boy. I'm just the only one who doesn't rag on him constantly. I feel like I'm the only one with an objective opinion on him. But anyway, so you call off a nabby to start then. Anyway, start just start whoever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm worried about Saturday, uh, and the the reason is like Crystal Palace are not particularly good. They're not having a great season, but in terms of how you want a team. Like if to play against us, they will look at it and go, "Yeah, we've got everything that we need to be able to have success against Liverpool." Mm. You know, they'll defend in numbers, and then they'll want to hit us quickly when we give the ball away, which we inevitably will because that's what we do. Uh, and the idea of like Eze and Zaha, um, Alisa as well. I think he's a really good player. <laughs> Them just like picking up balls like in in space and running at us. Um, yeah, it's a concern. <laughs> but equally, 
they're not very good. And if we play well, we should have enough to, to hurt them and score more than we can see. But I do think we'll probably concede one on the break at least. So mm. I think we're going to need to go there and score a couple at least, mm. maybe maybe even three to win it. Yeah. We at least don't like scoring. Mm. Yeah, well, they haven't won in eight. I heard, I heard before, and it's it's a quarter way kickoff, and Sky are covering it, and that probably means Martin Tyler will be on the commentary, so he'll be well up for another Liverpool have capitulated at Selhurst Park call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got that. Well, you guys have got that to look forward to. I'll have um, who will I have probably Lee Dixon and what's his name Peter Drury. NBC have got Peter Drury now, which sometimes it's enjoyable, and other times when you're getting beat and he's commentating and being all poetic about it, it's yeah. the most infuriating mm. thing in the world. But um, it could be worse, definitely. He's good, though. Um, he's good at his job. Yeah, his he's fault. very if, good at his if, job. If we're getting beat, that's not his fault. He can only do no. his job. But yeah, he does, I wish we had him. He's very well versed. Martin Tyler. God. <laughs> right. Anything else you guys want to add before we um, we call it a night tonight? Like I, I think we've been we have been a little bit all over the place because it's it's not your your average podcast, really, is it? When you when you race into a two 0 lead at home against the European champions and then you end up losing five two, it's some, it's kind of uncharted territory for us, really. But a lot of this fe- a lot of this season feels like that. So. Um, is there anything else you feel like we haven't covered that, that merits uh, mention? Yeah, I feel I feel robbed that we didn't get a penalty tonight. At least one. We had two good shouts, but I also knew there was no chance that we were getting a penalty tonight. You take on your UEFA, you, you're not going to be getting decisions. Mm-hmm. It's not like an excuse for why you know what happened tonight. You know, we've obviously shit the bed completely, but... I mean, Darwin's off the ground trying to head the ball and a hand goes in his back and pushes him under the ball. And even the handball one, it's I'm the first one to say, no, no, I don't like handball decisions like that. But his hand's not in a natural position. So, you know, and the Champions League, they tend to give those a lot more than you get in the Premier League, those like those handball decisions. So I felt like we should have had at least one penalty tonight, but I'm not the least bit surprised we didn't get one. What I'd say about the push is at least it was consistent because I felt like he was letting quite a lot of contact go, wasn't he? He was letting quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of uh, rough and tumble. So I think at least the one thing you can say is it was consistent to how the ref was refing it. And they're not. I don't think they are going to call that a mistake, are they? They're going to say there wasn't enough contact for it. No, we've got more chance of getting something from the on-field referee than we have with VAR. The whole yeah, UEFA thing. That's what I'm saying. But I just I know what you mean about the contact and that. But I just think once you've got both of your feet off the ground and you're in the air, if someone shoves you while you're off the ground, if his feet are planted and he gets a nudge in the back, you know it's just a bit of a nudge in the back. But when you when you're off the ground, that's mm. enough to knock you underneath the ball and stop you from winning the header, and that's a foul to me. I mean, they said on commentary, they, but they never showed a replay of it, that Trent did the same thing when uh, I think it was Nacho was running into the box. I didn't think that was the case at all. I just thought that Nacho slowed down and, and Trent kind of ran into the back of him. But I think he was looking for it. I didn't think that was a foul anyway. But it's all like, it's irrelevant anyway, isn't it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, pretty much. Apparently that ref had given... He was like really high on the list of the refs who'd given penalties this year. Like I think there's something like 32 and 57 mm. games or something given this year, so... Um, yeah, anyway, um, Stu, you got anything to add before we call it a night? No, I don't think so. I think it was it was interesting. I thought the, the atmosphere sounded good on the TV. I thought, you know, all the noise, the anti-UEFA noise at the start. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was uh, 
it's decent. Cost it's two just, penalties. Well, yeah, it just it just <laughs> felt, it felt a little bit not embarrassing, but it was a bit. It was just quite a sad ending, wasn't it? When you know towards the end, you're like, "Fuck your way for it," and it's just like. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting that's, back with the big cigars yeah. going, yeah, you're just a losing. <laughs> yeah, you're getting lads. embarrassed, lads. You're getting embarrassed. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, I don't think right. so. Nothing else on top of that. Good stuff. All right. Well, kudos to you guys for uh, coming on after the game. And I suppose I should pat myself on the back as well for doing it. Yeah. Um, it's Dave's responsibility again on Saturday. So he'll be hosting after the game with a couple of the lads. Um, hopefully, we'll be in a much better mood. Um, feels like we've said that after like 50% of the games this season oh, no. um, but yeah hopefully we can turn it around again um, keep the keep the league season back on track at least against Palace at the weekend but until then we'll catch you soon <laughs>